the region's only local sports talk show, discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dancing! Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State, streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Second quarter underway here from Goodland. The Cowboys up 22-3. Here's an alley-oop to Cure. Oh, it was a beautiful one as Brumbaugh laid it in there perfectly, and Lincoln throws it down with both hands. Jones crosses half court. Picks it up, heaves a long triple. It's in. Money from Jordan Jones, 25 feet away, and he puts in all three of them. Eagles aren't out yet. To Thorson, the drive, a skip pass. Now over here to Cedarstrom, left wing. Good recovery by Southwestern Heights. A bounce pass near side wing, three on the way. It's in. Center cut triple for Brady Brumbach. He's got 10 points, and the Cowboys up 34 to 10. Picks it up, right wing catch for Jones. Defender falls down. One dribble, triple try, good. Right between the eyes. Jordan Jones catches nylon. Chad Novak calls timeout. Three point lead for Holcomb. Here's Kaluma. Three pointer on the left. Got it! From NBA range, that's five for Arthur Kaluma and seven first half triples for the Wildcats. It's 32 to 20. Gasson back to Perry. Shot clock is at 10. Here's Tyler on the drive. Layup. Good! What a play, Tyler Perry! I don't know, but if, if I'm a Kansas State basketball fan, I think that I want to play in overtime every single game. <laughs> Jerome Tang, I think, is 12-0 in overtime games. They don't lose. They don't lose in overtime, people. Absolutely nuts last night. I don't know if anybody got a chance to catch the end of the K-State basketball game. I did. I was able to watch the end of that game. They blew an unbelievable lead that they had, a 25-point lead at one point in time. They blew it. West Virginia had a chance to win it in regulation. Didn't. K-State ties it. They go to overtime where Jerome Tang never loses. Never loses in overtime, does Jerome Tang. And they get the win over West Virginia. Look, we'll have more on this game coming up here in the show. Uh, we'll be visiting with Ryan Gilbert, our good friend from Go Power Cat, who was there to cover it, of course. We'll get his thoughts on that. But I'm telling you right now, you want to make the NCAA turn if you're the Kansas State Wildcats, just get to overtime. <laughs> you're going to win. Heck, you'll win a national title. Just get to overtime. Okay, guys, we, we need a we need to – okay, we can't get a two here. We need to get fouled, make one free throw to tie it to send to overtime, okay? we got to get that done right now. I feel like if you're a Cat fan, you'd rather win in regulation because it's West Virginia. Well, anyway, it's uh, – <laughs> It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's nuts. Um, anyway, good morning, everybody. Good Tuesday morning. It's February the 27th. Sun is out shining. It's going to be a cooler day today. Uh, 51 degrees, the expected high after, what was it yesterday? 75? Eight, it was, sorry, it was 80. It was 80 in spots was it 80 yesterday. For you it was guys? 80. It was 80 degrees. Unbelievable. It was like 74, 75. Here. Unbelievably warm. You could have wear shorts and a t shirt yesterday if you wanted to. I did see people doing that. I mean, yesterday <laughs> was the first day for track practice. You know, for some kids, and you couldn't have asked for a better day to begin track practice. I mean, you talk about perfect weather. Usually, you know, you know, my father-in-law was a longtime track coach at Colby High, 
And so, you know, they would starting out, you know, doing stuff, running in the halls of the high school to get, you know, the first couple <laughs> weeks because it would be cold and wet and snowy, whatever. Yesterday, you're on the track. You're getting in a full sweat, baby. That's what's going on yesterday. So, I don't know. The weather was amazing. It will get warmer later in the week, but a couple of cooler days on tap uh, beginning today and rolling through uh, tomorrow. Uh, so, Ryan Gilbert joining the show. If we have time, we're going to touch on an interesting comments that Charlie Baker, the head of the NCAA, has been making here over the last couple of weeks, which I find to be intriguing. Uh, but we have plenty to get to with Substate basketball, which did take place. I mean, it's been going on since Thursday of last week with the lower classifications of 1A, D1, 1A, D2. Uh, the rest of the, you know, you had 2A and 3A getting into the mix yesterday. 3A boys, 2A girls all getting going yesterday. Um, we, of course, had coverage of Colby and Holcomb on 100 point through the ride and Goodland Southwestern Heights on 102.5 U-Rock. Goodland Cowboys advancing into the semifinals where they will take on Holcomb as they knocked off the Colby Eagles at the event center. Look, the Goodland game was a 40-point victory. We'll, I'll give some thoughts on it later. Let's start with the Colby. It was an 11-point loss, but at the same time, what were your takeaways from uh, the season ender for the Eagles? Yeah, it was... Uh... At very few points, was it pretty for Colby? Uh, we talked about he heading into that game, the stat that uh, Holcomb in four of its last five games had held opponents to under 50 points, and Colby in its last four games had scored more than 60, 63 or more. Uh, something had to break, and uh, it was Colby's scoring. They scored four different Eagles scored in the first quarter, great start it was back and forth and then something something clicked something changed in that second quarter and uh the longhorns turned up their defense and colby just could not respond there were really two things that happened in this game one holcomb played great defense want to make that very clear the longhorns length defensively gave colby a ton of trouble eagles had a ton of uh, a ton of issues driving to the cup very few dribbles inside the paint cutting to the rim and then the second thing that was that happened uh was they just made shots colby played some of the better defense i've seen them play this year and it was almost like uh ross i know you're not an nba guy but you ever play 2k and you you turn the sliders all the way up and just it doesn't matter what the uh what the cpu does you're making the shot, you know, you're playing on rookie <laughs> what, mode. You're playing a rookie mode. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You, you turn the sliders up and you play all the defense you want and they're hitting contested triples. They're hitting step back guns and it's, it makes it maybe a little easier to swallow where you're like, we kind of did what, you know, all that we could, we played good defense and they just made, they made eight threes and to score 55 points and to make eight threes, is tough, uh, and it really only came from Caden Hardy and Corbin Johnson, who combined to make all eight of those threes. They also combined uh, for 42 of the 55 points scored by Holcomb, and I'm not going to say Colby didn't have an answer for them. They just made tough shots. They also played real good defense. want to make that clear. Colby, uh, aside from a third quarter where guy almost got into a fight and then kind of got a fire lit under him where he scored uh, nine points in that frame. Outside of that, Colby's offense never really looked smooth or cohesive or 
fully together or like it had solved Holcomb's defense like they have done so many times this year where it might be a slow start or it might be a rough quarter, but long stretches, Colby's able to score in bunches and they really weren't uh, in this ball game. And yeah, tough way to lose, uh, tough way to end your season. Uh, obviously, at some point, I'm sure the kids can look back and say we returned one starter from last year. We had everyone thrust into these new roles. We have a lot of young guys, and really we overperformed. 13 wins is pretty good for this team, and then they're going to get there. But I think that getting there isn't going to happen right away because there's the sting of that season-ending loss sitting with you, and uh, I think it probably does sting because this not only was it a winnable game for you, despite how poorly you played, but also even going into this game, a very winnable team. You've beaten Holcomb before and on paper, as far as the matchups, a winnable game for you. Questions from uh, the listener over here in Goodland. So what <laughs> has changed from the first time that Holcomb played Colby to the last time that Holcomb played Colby? What did Holcomb do better, if anything? That's a great question. Because, you know, Colby gets them in Colby back in, what was that, December pretty much, I think is what it was. So yes, what, what what changed from, from that first meeting where Colby gets the victory to now where Holcomb gets a 10-plus point victory on Colby's floor? If you're, if you're just the guy looking at seeing both teams, what changed from that point to that point, in your opinion? So let's be clear about one thing. It was 11 points as the final. Um, but I'm sure there was a was lot of foul shots yeah, and stuff. There was a lot of fouls it. and heaving triples. Um, it was very close for even, like I said, I mentioned it a second ago, despite how poorly Colby played, a winnable game for them. Even down the stretch, it was closer than probably it should have been. But yeah, Ross, you're right. Way back in December in Colby's first home game in the event center, they beat Holcomb. And that was a big win at the time. Holcomb uh, had yet to lose uh, at all. And that was a big win. Then you go down into Holcomb later in the season. You lose to Holcomb. Tough place to play. You, you know, it, the, you kind of have a similar thing where it was a, a one-off where... They got to the cup on you, and rarely do teams do that so easily. Um, Goodland was actually another team that got to the cup, maybe. It was probably them and Holcomb that got to the cup off the bounce better than anyone I've seen do against Colby, especially against their zone. That being said, you come out here tonight, and I don't know if it's something that changed. or um, I, I really want to stress the point that <laughs> they just made really tough shots. Uh, there was someone after the game that came up to me and used a four-letter word, but, uh, you know, they made every frickin' shot. Uh, and that's kind of the feeling of, like, every time Colby kind of put together a run or had something going, it was Corbin Johnson down in the corner with a hand in his face making a triple, and you're like, I don't know if there's a ton you can do about that. Also, I've already listed, you know, a million different reasons why Colby lost this is not high on that list, but worth mentioning that didn't get a great whistle either, especially for Guy Tubbs down low. Tom Stevens, uh, as you know, is a man of very few words. The interviews last post-game, about 90 seconds, and 60 of them are me talking. Uh, real nice guy, real 
you know, he keeps short, it short and sweet. Words. Anyway, go ahead. He comes in short and sweet, and even he mentioned Colby. You know, we did not get a great whistle. Colby should have gotten, or uh, excuse me, Guy should have gotten more calls down low uh, for him to take. Uh, one of his answers to to say that I think says something. That being said, you know how I feel about complaining about the refs. It didn't, you know, that's not what lost you this game. Uh, you could have gotten much worse, a much worse whistle and still lost. But, uh, yeah, I think it was your ability to defend their backcourt because they have a bigger backcourt. Caden Hardy is 6'2 and moves like a guard. Smooth lefty got a nice jumper. But, hey, it's I think it's going to sting because you couldn't. There were so many opportunities where you played so poorly and they're making all these shots and you can't solve their defense. And you're like, all we need is a bucket right here and suddenly it's a one possession game and Colby just couldn't. There were so many times down where the Eagles got a stop, came down the floor. You said, we need a bucket right here and you just couldn't come up with one. Here's the thing. Two points that I'll make on this. Uh, first of all, listener Andy chiming in on the text line. Rebounding was one thing he said mm. was a little bit of an issue as well. Yeah, Rebounding. how did I not mention that? That's a great <laughs> point. Thank you, Andy. Uh, we got killed on the glass, uh, especially offensive rebounding. That'll kill you. Eagles gave up a oh, ton of free you. possessions. And like, like I said, 55 points you give up to Holcomb. That's not bad at all. You'll take that most times down with how potent their offense can be. But you gave up eight threes, and you gave them a million new possessions. I don't have a field goal percentage calculated out for Holcomb, but it had to be pretty low. Colby played good defense. They just got a ton of possessions, and they made crazy shots. Yeah, Andy is right. Rebounding a big issue. Well, when you get rebounds, you get those second opportunities to put the basketball in. When that's probably one and done, you get a chance. And that limits the amount of shots that you get on your Mm -hmm. end. So that's going to change a lot of stuff there. Here's the other thing, too. When you're making shots, that's a huge thing. I mean, it, I, I know I'm stating completely Captain Obvious here, but I mean, if no, you're no. making shots, that's a humongous thing because even if they're contesting and you're knocking them in, it, it's a humongous deal in the postseason. If you've got that confidence, if you have that confidence that you're going to make these shots, no matter hand in the face or not, that's huge for Holcomb going forward. The confidence that your shots are falling at this point in time, because I believe. There have been times this season where they haven't had that confidence mm. that they usually have where their shots are falling. So for them to get into this spot where they have the confidence and their shots are falling here at the postseason, that's a huge feather in the cap. And they're going to go back home where they have their yeah. next game with their home crowd behind them. So I know I know from the Goodland perspective that a lot of people in black and gold would have rather seen Colby in the semifinals than Holcomb on Holcomb's home floor. I can guarantee you. You don't want to play Holcomb in Holcomb. Yeah, it's you don't want to do that. To it's play. a tough place. And even though Goodland beat the snot out of him uh, in Holcomb the last time, I think that gives Holcomb even more juice and energy to try and get it done at home. So, nonetheless, look, final thought on this game from my perspective. Colby with a 13-8 overall record to finish the season. To me, this was a great season for Colby. When you look, and I know you don't know this because you weren't here, but when you look at what Colby lost last season in what I thought was one of the best players in Western Kansas and point guard Hunter, point guard Hunter Vaughn, uh, you lost a plenty of other uh, Ben Bussey, who was a really good player, uh, Shane Puckett. You can go on down the list. You lost some really good senior players last year and made it to the state tournament and deservedly so 
you had to replace a lot of those guys with Jordan Jones, who was at best a role player, a small role player late in the season last year, and Guy Tubbs, who was going to be relied on to be the star this year. But you pretty much had two key pieces and a bunch of players around them that weren't really great offensive threats until late in the season when Braden Foss kind of caught going there. 13 and 8 to me, that's a phenomenal season for Colby. And I Colby fans might be mad about that, but considering what you lost and what you had coming back and what you had to start with to get to 13 and 8, this is a heck of a season. I would not hang my Yeah, yeah, the sting of the loss is going to make you mad for a few days. But I think if you take a deep breath and you look back and say, "Boy, going 13 and 8, that was a heck of a year for us. We had a pretty darn good season." And if we can develop some more of our players cuz they're not what are they going to lose this next year? Anybody? Uh, Taden Fiken, who was not in the rotation a down small, the stretch a of A small season. role piece, you know, guy at oftentimes this season maybe. So you're bringing everybody back. in Once again, in the second year of a system underneath Tom Stevens, I'm assuming Coach Stevens will be back. Don't know. Mm-hmm. You never know. Things come up. But a second year in a system, you got to feel really good about yourself, Absolutely. I would think. I would think 13-8 is nothing to hang your head about. That was a heck of a year. If you would have asked me at the beginning of the season, I said if they, I would have probably said if they can get to 500, it'd be a good season. So to finish three to four games above that, it's a really good season for, for Kobe basketball. So feather in the cap to those boys in their season. I think they had a great year. I know it's disappointing now, but I think when you look back at what you lost and what you had coming back and what you're able to do, I think that's a pretty darn good year for Colby Eagle basketball. Completely agree. Quick note, you said, uh, you know, Holcomb, it's a big deal just to hit shots. You know, it gives you that lift well, up feeling Well, it's such a big thing. Like, right if, if you ask ears. coaches, like, if you say, Coach, give me your keys to the game, I bet you they would say, if you if they were honest, I mean, yeah, we got to play good defense. We got to get out to a fast start. But you know what they really need? You know what they probably need to say every single time? We got to make shots because it ain't going to yeah, matter ours. if we don't make shots. Like we can get open looks and we can we can work the offense and get open looks, but if we can't put it between this in the cylinder, what does it matter? Back in uh, back in college, I would uh, interview our head coach for a basketball team before games and uh, shout out John Tharp, uh, winningest coach in in Hillsdale history, now the athletic director. Big shout out to Roundy. Uh, now he would basically end. Every interview, not every interview, but most of them, by saying something along the lines of, and hey, we can game plan all we want, but if we don't put the ball in the basket, and they do, we're going to lose this game. Uh, To that point, not only was it big for Holcomb between the ears to be making these shots, but the same thing down the stretch for Colby, uh, where if you kind of took a step back and watched this game from a bird's eye view, you maybe thought, wow, Colby's in this game down the stretch with how poorly they're playing. What a great opportunity for them to, you know, get back into this ball game right now. But it was the the fact that you're in the trenches between the white lines. You haven't made a shot in however long. They went about five minutes through the third uh, through the second quarter without making any shots. It's the same feeling between the ears not making shots, even though realistically you look up at the scoreboard. You're on. You're in the game very much so, especially if you make a shot on this possession. It's that between the ears feeling of. Yeah, I haven't made a shot in a while, and you, you just feel like you're out of the game more than you are. But yeah, great season for Colby, and realistically, you take a step back, and however many days or weeks it takes to get the sting of that loss, uh, that the taste of it out of your mouth, you're going to return basically everyone that had an impact on you down the stretch next year. That's big for you. 
Very, very big. Uh, before we get to break, real quickly, Goodland beating Southwestern Heights 75-35, the final score last night. Coach Dahl said we got to get out to a fast. We got to get out to a fast start. We got to play really good from the beginning. Kind of get, as he said, get the bad taste of that Scott City loss out of our mouth. They did that. They were up twenty to nothing before Southwestern Heights put the ball in the basket. They would lead. They led twenty-two to three at the end of the first quarter. They would lead comfortable like 44-19, I think, at halftime. And they, they was running clock in the fourth quarter. Uh, the thing that stood out the most important to me was that you were up forty-four nineteen at halftime. You came out of the halftime locker room and played with that same intensity that you started with in the first quarter. That's so hard to do. That was a huge thing. Cowboys had three guys in double figures. Lincoln Cure led the way with 18 and 8. Uh, Brady Brumbaugh had 12. Um, and then uh, Blair Lennon gets 10 points using you know, Southwestern Heights. Unfortunately, just had no size for them. The tallest guy was six foot. And so Goodland towered over him. They could do anything they wanted inside. Uh, Cowboys hit seven of 14 threes. They won the rebounding battle handily, which is something the coach Dahl really wanted. Uh, they, they just they played like they were supposed to. You did what you were supposed to do as the number one seed versus the eight seed. Simple as that. Uh, Coach Dahl, post game with some thoughts on that win. Guys were locked in from the start, and, it, and we stayed with great energy for 32 minutes, and and uh, just very proud of that effort tonight. And and uh, I thought it was a total team effort. Everybody who played um, did a great job. Those nine guys in the rotation, everybody played really well there. Um, the ball moved well. Um, kind of got back to what we. Um, we're doing kind of there in the middle of the season where we're playing our best basketball, and so it was really good to see um, us making a step in the right direction there. No doubt it was a great game for, for Goodland, and, you know, now it's it's about it's you know it's about adjusting. How do I kind of put this in the right words? I don't want to say this, but it's, it's about adjusting your, your mental side, saying, well, you know, we beat this team by 40. We were supposed to do that. Now we're going to go into the Lions' den and play the Lion on their home floor after whooping them a month or so ago now we got to change the mindset of we got a we got a lot of hard work to do we got to get ready because we know this next game is going to be maybe the most difficult one left in the substate maybe cuz i that would the way i would look at it in ross's personal opinion if you're goodland this is the this is the hardest game left to try to get to the state tournament that's my opinion that's no offense to norton I'm no, I'm that's no offense to uh, Lakin, that's no offense to those teams. But if you get past the host on their home floor, once again, a team that you've struggled with a lot in previous years, but if you can beat them for the second time in the same season on their home floor, where we talked about early in the year where they don't lose very much, you, you're, you're playing with house money at that point in time. So it's a huge game Thursday. Humongous game. in what's going to be a ruckus crowd I'm very intrigued to see how this game all plays out. It was it was a lax affair. It was an easy game Monday. That's great. Now you got to flip that switch because it's going to be a real bear coming up here on Thursday. Guarantee it. And I guarantee everybody wearing black and gold in that locker room thinks knows that fact. It's it's going to be if we're going to win, we're going to have to earn it. And and they can do that. They can get that win, but they're going to have to earn it. So Anyway, uh, some other quick scores before we get out of here and get to break, get to Ryan Gilbert. Uh, 2A girls last night. I foobarred up. I thought it was 2A boys. It's 2A girls that played last night. Hoxie beats Plainville 70-18. to 18. I thought I said boys, but anyway, it's 2A girls. Hoxie beats Plainville 70-18. to 18. Uh, They advance to the semifinals where they will face Ellis, who beat Joaquin Trigo by 8, 48-40. Uh, Smith Center took down Hill City in the 2-7, 53-22. Smith Center will face 
Hayes TMP, who got the upset of Oakley, at least in the seedings, the 6-3 or the 3-6 matchup, 50-40, to the final. Oakley ends their season at 12-10. and uh, That is the final record for the Oakley Lady Plainsman. Tonight, more basketball on tap. Uh, you've got 3A girls, Goodland hosting Cimarron with coverage on 1025 UROC and Colby hosting Lakin on 100.3 The Ride. We'll get to more of that here coming up a little bit later on in the show. And then 2A boys, Oakley at, at Smith Center in the 6-3 matchup and Hoxie and Hayes TMP in Hayes in the 4-5. I'll tell you what, we'll just do this real quickly. Real quickly, give me your quick thoughts on Colby Lakin tonight. Let's get this knocked out of the park here. Um, real quickly uh, is right. Sadie Cheney is out for Colby. That is huge. We have talked a ton all year about the lack of depth that really both Colby teams have, but uh, the Lady Eagles will go six deep, period. I mean, unless someone's in foul trouble. They're not going deeper than that. And <clears throat> Yancey Walker used the phrase trial by fire. That's exactly what it's going to be uh, for a couple of Lady Eagles probably thrown into the mix tonight because there's only five rotation players left for Colby. Someone's going to have to step up. And Sadie Cheney, uh, as far as her injury goes, might be out longer than tonight. And that could be huge for Colby down the stretch of this postseason run here. And if I had to guess, and again, subjective, this is a guess, probably Maddie McCarty uh, will get some minutes, maybe Hunter Vaughn to get some front court minutes. Uh, Hunt, Harper Hunt, Vaughn, Hunter Harper Vaughn? Vaughn. Hunter Harper Vaughn's Vaughn. coming back? Sorry. What? Harper Vaughn. That would be Chalk crazy. Chalk it up That'd a be... Colby win. Hunter Vaughn. I was going to say, big boost. It's a W. <laughs> Harper, or Hunter, if you're out there, hey, throw on a wig, uh, Colby needs some depth tonight. Baller. Uh, but no, Harper Vaughn, uh, if I had to guess, we'll get some minutes. If Yancey will go to seven, probably Maddie will be in there. Uh, great defender, but I don't know if she's going to give you the offense uh, that Sadie does. And uh, I don't know if you can expect any JV Lady Eagles to give you the offense that you know someone who's been in your varsity rotation all year has. I'm fascinated for this game because I think Lakin, when they're on, they're pretty good. But mm -hmm. when they're and off, when they're, not. they're not good. So that's, that's, exactly that's right, no Ross. offense to Lakin, but I've seen them hang with some teams and be really good, and I've seen them just get blown out of the water. So that's the thing about Colby. Like, if you don't play your best and Lakin's on, uh-oh, you don't know what could happen. But if you're Colby and you play to your potential and Lakin's off, it could be a blowout victory. That's how this Couldn't game could go. Myself. So it's uh, like when Lakin's on, it could be a really good game. If they're off, I don't know. It could be bad. So we'll see. Uh, coverage tonight, 540 Central Time on 100.3 The Ride with Christian Peck Dimmon. I'm not going to talk about Goodland uh, Cimarron. Uh, I, I expect it to be a similar game to the boys. I expect the Cowgirls to be able to take care of their business. If they come out and they do what they're supposed to do, they should be able to get Cimarron. I do believe Cimarron is a better opponent on the girls' side than what Southwestern Heights was on the boys' side. No offense to either of those programs. Cimarron's got a few better players with a little bit more experience. Um, but I expect Good Goodland, the last time they played him, forced Cimarron to have 40 turnovers and you – know, yeah, 40. That's right. 40 turnovers. 40? 40 turnovers out of Cimarron. Oh. And, uh, you know, it was a blowout victory. It was like 60-some 17. I expect a, if Goodland comes out and play with the energy and intense they do on defense usually and they're able to get turnovers and get easy buckets on the other end, once again, last night's game between Goodland and Southwestern Heights was running clock in the fourth quarter. I don't see why that possibly couldn't happen again here tonight.
We'll see. That's coverage on 1025 You Rock. Once again at 440 Mountain Time with yours truly. All right, we're way past due. we got to get to break. Ryan Gilbert's waiting, I'm sure, patiently for us to call, and we'll get him on next. K-State with a win in overtime again next in the Morning Blitz.